As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back after the break, Cowboys fans. We're here to break down this one. It's the Cowboys lose to the Dolphins. We've got John and Saad from The Athletic, as always, and back to lead this one. It's Kevin, KT Fun, Holidays, Turner. Welcome, KT. Welcome and uh, happy holidays, gang. Let's uh, dive right in. Cowboys-Dolphins, 22-20. Dolphins win. We are, full disclosure, recording this on Tuesday evening. We'd just like to let you know, uh, ahead of the Week 17 game between Cowboys and Lions. Man, a lot of different things you can dissect from this. And the way I want to set this up first is go 2020. uh, I'm sorry, 2021. Number one thing you're upset about, or the team was upset about, or fans were upset about after that game. Penalties. 2022, I think we walk away upset with that game. I think you're upset at the offense a little bit. And maybe the front office, maybe not doing enough. But, like, I don't know. Frustration felt like came from a lot of different places. Tony Pollard gets hurt. Close game. But still felt like it was kind of aimed at the offense. And then I guess my question for you guys to start it off, where is your frustration? Where is their frustration? And where is the fans' frustration after that game on Sunday? I think everyone starts with the frustration of not being able to beat a good team on the road. I think that's where it starts at. And then it branches off to whatever the next most important thing is. Probably for most, it'll go towards the penalties. And when you get into that penalties branch of the tree, then that branches off into, well, is it because your team is a little undisciplined? Or is it because all the reps, they're out to get you every single game. They're out. We're playing three opponents on the road, the crowd, the team. And then the the refs, and so uh, I don't like the refs excuse stuff, and I haven't liked it for the last three years. Uh, you know, with that being said, it's pretty ridiculous that Mike Parsons hasn't drawn in a single holding call, and we're going over two months now. Um, that just uh, he's too good of a That's player. 
And I'm at the point now where, like, I don't even think that this is uh, just making stuff up. I would think that opposing teams, offensive line coaches, and offensive coordinators or whatever are probably just saying, don't get beat by him. He's a freak. But if you are getting beat by him, just grab him a little bit. They're not calling it. We got we, we got months of tape that shows if you just go ahead and grab him a little bit towards the end, they're not going to call it. So, hey, going to save a sack. And if, you know, maybe it gets called once, it's not like they're going to call it three, four times in a game, you know. So uh, that part, I can see how that's very frustrating for the team and the fans. But I just don't like when the team talks about it after the game because it just seems like you're almost like kind of using like a woe is me attitude when it's a game that everything is so close that it's just like I feel like you got to fight through it and that, you know, so, you know, maybe you'll get helped out a little bit too. Because I look at like that game, like I didn't look at it as being really egregious ref-wise just towards the Cowboys. I, I thought that there were, you know, there were plays that helped the Cowboys too, you know. So um, refs aren't great. Like I'll, I, I'll be the first to admit that, but I don't think that. I didn't watch that game going, man. The refs just really screwed the Cowboys. They they did everything to win this game, and the refs just stole it from him. Like, nah, I, I don't look at it that way. Gave him a huge yeah, and, call at the end. Yeah, and uh, at the end. So, and also, like you know, look, it, whenever you're listening to this, like I, I I wrote I wrote like five things that the Cowboys need to show before the playoffs began, and penalties were one of those five things that I kind of like detailed and. Um, and just to give a, you know, part of what I like found during my research or whatever is, is kind of going along with what John said. Like first, like, you know, Micah Parsons was heated about after the, after the Dolphins game about the rough in the passer penalty. Right. And DeMarcus Lawrence was not happy about the one on, against Josh Allen and Buffalo. Those two are the only two rough in the passer penalties the Cowboys have this season. That's not, it's not a pattern of, you know, just, the 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 refs just screwing you on roughing the passer penalties and things like that. That's not what what's happening now. What is unacceptable for them? The Cowboys lead the league in defensive offsides with 15 defensive offsides. That's almost double the third place team, which is the 49ers. They have eight. Okay, and so then I went back and looked at McCarthy's whole tenure, going back to 2020. The Cowboys are one penalty shy of leading the entire NFL that the Arizona Cardinals over the last four years have one more penalty than the Dallas Cowboys since 2020, the Dallas Cowboys have something like 37 or 39 defensive offsides penalties in that span. No team. No, I think one other team has more than 30. No other team has more than 30. So the point is that uh, they're, they're top two, in or they're number one in defensive offsides this year and over the last four years. They're top 10 in false starts over the last four years. These are not the refs screwing you. This is this is undisciplined football. So you can talk about the defensive pass interferences, the rough and the passers. Those things are not patterns of you know, patterns of things that are messing with the Cowboys. It's the lack of discipline. And when I dug a little bit deeper, what's even more fascinating to me is the 12 seasons that McCarthy had in Green Bay, the 12 full-time seasons, not counting the season that he got canned, the Packers were pretty good. Like, they were middle yeah. of the pack in, in penalties. Like, they were the 20th most penalized team in those 12 years, 18th most in defensive offsides. This was not an issue for McCarthy in Green Bay. So, for me, this is a little bit on everybody. I mean, McCarthy does preach the penalty thing a lot publicly, which I think his team feeds off of. 
But for 12 years, this was not an issue in Green Bay. And ever since he's been in Dallas, this has been unquestionably an issue. Well, and also let's uh, do a couple things here. Uh, penalties committed by the opponent. The Cowboys are 11th in the league there. Okay. When they play, their opponents are in the top half of the league getting penalized. Okay. Number of yards by the opponent. Their opponent, top five. The Cowboys' opponents are top five most penalized team. So it's not the refs out to screw you. That's That data like plays out there. They're calling flags on the other teams too, right? Uh, I don't love – you know, the, the Micah thing and kind of you, you love Micah talking and just being real and being Micah. But when it goes to that, I'm like, that's two years ago all over again when he lost to the 49ers. I watched that game and I did not have that feeling that maybe a lot of people have. And it's that utter doom and we can't win on the road is, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's real. You're three and five and that's a December game. But I went, man, you tell me that you gave up. Honestly, let's just round it 20 points to the Dolphins. As that field goal was kicked, you know, in the closing seconds. I mean, I feel like I had a pretty good chance to win that game. And there's a lot of things that happened. I was missing Tyron, and we know how big of a, you know, a thing that's been over the years. We know how big of a story that's been. I look at all the things that put together, man, you gave yourself a pretty good chance to win that game. You couldn't close it. I thought the quarterback played better than his numbers are going to show because, my God, he avoided – he should have been sacked 10 times. And he avoided a bunch of those by just being smart with the ball, getting rid of it, made a completion on that final drive that that, that played a gallop. Add that to the to Dak highlight book forever for a seven-yard gain. Again, not sexy in the stat sheet, but how he completed that pass – yeah, and it was tight there on the uh, once you got inside the ten yard line, and you got down to the one yard line. They get bailed out by a, by a defensive holding penalty, and then play action on first down and get sacked, and you start all over again. But Dak finds a way, and gets it to Brandon Cooks. This team's got a little more they can lean on than just C.D. Lamb. And then you just you couldn't hold them because the very first play on that drive that Miami gets the ball back, we have a face mask. You know, 15 yards, Damone Clark. And there's a big play, you know, later that thing where Damone Clark is held and taken to the ground by the Dolphins, and the refs did miss that. So, yeah, it hurts, like, when you really go microscopic. But when you broaden out, you see this team is not being screwed by the refs. Uh, I think that's not anything that, you know, this show has, has fought about. The Micah thing, obviously, yeah. But this show is, like, we're, we're kind of, like, trying to be realistic about all that stuff. All, a lot right. of teams get screwed by the refs. A lot of teams benefit from the refs. The Cowboys are a top-five team benefiting – from the refs when it comes to yardage by your opponents. So, I mean, I try to look at it that way too. By the way, real quick on that too. Like, first of all, I totally agree with the Micah thing. It's obvious that he's getting held and they're not being called. The Damone Clark play on third down or second down, I think. Um, Also obvious, but every team's fan base is doing this. Like the Browns fans feel the same way about Miles Garrett. The Steelers fans feel the same way about TJ Watt. And, And like, this is the thing. And here's the other thing. It's the Dallas Cowboys. You think if any team is getting rigged for like in favor or against the NFL, every single time the Cowboys play a game, it's ratings were the highest since like, you know, freaking George Washington was president or like some crazy (laughs) stat like that. And it's just like, 
you think that the that the NFL doesn't want the Cowboys to succeed? Like mm. the Cowboys succeeding is good for the league. They're not against you. Now, the refs are incompetent to cer- to certain extent. That's true. And that's true again on a evil on a pl- uh, even playing field. But as I just said, there's a lot of penalties that are being called like you're not even jumping offsides on defense. You're lining up offsides on on defense. Like that that stuff can't be happening. And so for me, it's there's a balance of yes, Micah is not getting the holding calls as neither is Miles Garrett, neither is TJ Watt. Now, are they getting called more than Micah? Perhaps, but each fan base feels like their guy is getting screwed and this this goes true for every single play. Like you can, the, you know, the old saying goes: "There's a holding going on in every single play in the trenches." I mean, if you look, there's a holding somewhere happening. So, um, so yeah, to your point, KT. Like, I don't, I don't think the Cowboys are getting screwed um, in like on on their own. I think they're if they are getting screwed, it's just because the refs kind of suck sometimes. Well, yeah. and I also think that I don't even know if I would say it's that they suck as much as it's. It's, it's a, just a really difficult job to do. And we have yeah. more intel now than we've ever had before with camera angles and replays and stuff like that that are even better vantage points than they have. So what's the answer to that? Maybe it's more... Uh, see how I asked myself my own question there, son? Very Brian Schottenheimer. Why? <laughs> I love when Brian Schottenheimer does this anyway. Um, but the reason why that they might be need to is maybe you need more refs. But I can also see where teams would be like, well, no, 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 we don't want more officiating. You know, we don't want it, this game to be yeah. over officiated because then it slows everything down and the game's four hours long and then they don't want that either. So that's why they don't replay every single play either. A lot of people would sit there and watch this or watch the NFL that maybe don't even care about the NFL and go, well, okay, just make every play replay. You know, uh, you can just go back and everything can be challenged and, and and everybody goes back and looks. Yeah, the games will be five, six hours long and then that affects the rhythm of a game. So that's awful too. Um, one thing I will say about the penalties though, when Sa brought up the Green Bay with Mike McCarthy, it is also important to note that when Dan Quinn was in, in Seattle, both years he was their DC, 13 and 14, the Seattle Seahawks led the NFL in penalties. That's also the 2013 Seahawks are, 2013 and 2014 Seahawks, both went to the Super Bowl, 2013 won it. So those are the teams that you look to for Cowboys fans who are like, well, can you lead the league in penalties and still have a very successful season? Obviously, those Seahawks teams showed you that you could. It's unlikely, though. Usually yeah. those penalties are going to add up in a big game and it's going to cost you. But there is examples of uh, teams that have led the league in penalties and had the ultimate success. You know, I don't know anything about the offense of those teams from a, a stat standpoint there, but those Seattle defenses from that time almost like it was almost like a pride point to get flagged here and there because they would just go and eh, everyone talks about the Seattle cover three. Well, part of what they did too is they would just grab the crap out of you. And then the refs are like, Hey, well we can't call it every single play. Right. I mean, it's, it's something that really helped Richard Sherman. I think he's talked about this mm-hmm. and Brandon like, Browner. Yeah. Like I'm going to just grab you. And then, um, you know, we get called for a couple times early. Great, you know, but we're not just going to stop doing it. It's like I was like, it's, it's weird. I'm going to take it to the maths for a second. I I feel like refs are fed up with Luca right now, and you're seeing a lot of first quarter Luca technicals. And I think they're like calling it like, well, you can't yell at us all game because once you get two, you're gone. <laughs> like, yeah, Luca's Luca's on another level. Luca's on a level where it almost makes it like tough to watch. 
where you're just like, geez, we're every single play, man. It's the first quarter of a middle of the season NBA game. My God. And, and then you're what are we doing here? You're acting like it's game seven or it's like mean, any meaningful playoff game. Like I just, I don't like, I've seen a little crossover, not much, but let's, let's just hold on on any comparisons between Micah complaining and, and Luca. Oh, Luca yeah, is sure. on a no. way, way different level. Well, no, I think it's like the way the refs are handling that though. It's like, they're also it's like, Lucas, shut up. Here's yeah. your technical in the first quarter. Now we got you. It's all right. I get a speeding ticket. You know, uh, I can't speed anymore. I just got a ticket. But I get it's it's very interesting. You know, what's, t- what's tougher to watch than Luca complaining is the Mavericks without Luca. Um, as we move mm-hmm. on, the, uh, uh, go ahead, Ken. I saw you want to pop in for a second. I said, I hate this Lucas lander. That's all I was going to say. Oh, uh, Lucas. Well, right well, well, this well, is a well, Luca well, positive well. podcast. Was would anything go ahead and fact check? Is anything we said incorrect? No. Right. Okay. Hey, hey, I actually think it's a really good comparison. Luca just dropped fifty on Christmas. Like, like this, he's an incredible player. Micah Parsons is an incredible football player, and he and, and I think you know again. Well, I agree with John. I don't think Micah's complaining has gotten to that point yet. Micah, um, Micah has to be you- mid play. Micah has to be mid play. Turning and yelling at the ref to get on a Luca level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It has yeah. to infect mid play. And then and then I'll start then I'll start listening to, to conversations about that. He has Mike to literally is- be rushing the passer, turning, yelling, yelling to an official, then turning back around and rushing the passer, and then we'll start talking about that. Because Micah's Micah's complaints are mostly post-game and on his podcast or with the right, media. Right. Um right. He, you know, him complaining about the rough in the passer was actually like something new like he doesn't usually complain too much on the field either yeah. um so i will i will yeah. say that but but yeah I, I you know it's it's not that crazy but i understand his frustrations that's He's the most right fired up i've seen him after after a, a, a missed yeah. call that or a, or a call either way that's the most fired up i've seen him most pissed and that's I've the most him. maddening one i think right now i mean i think you know, all the 50 yard pass interference is maddening the roughing the passer situation is bad yeah, I mean, there's a bad one called against Dak. Yeah. Let's be honest. That that one that the Dolphins got called on, yeah. uh, Wilkins got called on. I mean, that's, again, both of those are just product of where the NFL is going, where they don't want any, their quarterback, any type of physical hit that looks like it's jarring to the quarterback, It's uh, you just almost assume it's just going to be flagged. And, yeah, it sucks when we're wrong. I mean, it, it. I don't want it to be that way, but you can just tell that it's pretty much like that across the board. I could actually handle it from my players a little bit. Um, not after a playoff loss. Yeah. When you get flagged 10 times. I mean, the San Francisco game was the most, the San Francisco playoff loss in 2021 was the most like, just like icky feeling in this franchise, the Dallas Cowboys with all of the stuff that they've been associated with good and bad. That's the most icky feeling I've ever felt. Like, after a cowboy game like that, just like oh, when McCarthy and Dak go do it, but he's out of character for Dak. Um, and to see a head coach do it, it just, right? It just wasn't cool. But you know, that's beside the point. You go back and I sit there and go, okay, well, you got the San Francisco team that we know you might be crash coursing against in the playoffs, very possibly. You know, it is the monkey on your shoulder. You know, that you're just trying to get, but you can't look that far ahead. You get back to these last two games, and what happened there, I think, was more about just like saying, "Hey, look, we can win on the road against a very good team, a Super Bowl contender." 
and and they could have they could have won that game if you just move a couple things and there's a big portion of the fan base who's not going to want to hear excuses which I'm probably laying out right there cuz if you're awesome you win the game and we stop having these discussions pretty happy with how the defense played thought the offense given the fact that the offensive line was tarnished a little bit it's okay I mean, it was okay, you know, in certain situations. You need to be better. I think we all know that. I, I just, that game to me, having a chance to win it two minutes left, maybe I would have tried to play the last two minutes a little differently there. But, you know, that's easy to say after it's over. How so? How what would you have done? Well, there's a play, there's a point where you get to, and it's it was the third and three. Um. It was third and three. I think it was about the Cowboys' 33-yard line. I actually typed this up. Hold on one second because I, okay. I thought we might go here today. Yeah, there I have thoughts okay. on this. Yeah, quick hitter to Tyreek Hill, uh, and he kind of gets through the 25. And the Dolphins call a play you know, with a pass it, uh, passing it to it behind the line of scrimmage. He skirts ahead to the 25. Cowboys take their first timeout. All good. You have the Jeff Wilson eight-yard carry. And that's the play where it looked like Damone Clark was held. And that's a play where it looked like there was room. And then by then, after he gets eight yards, you know, we're talking about he's at the 17-yard line. And I kind of have a line in my head that is right around where the Cowboys were at the 25-yard line. I kind of have a line in my head where I am I have to start thinking, I'm going to let you score. But Yeah, the tough part about that, though, is that I think that it's a pretty knowledgeable game towards that nowadays because we've seen it so many times is then that player goes down in the one and then they just start kneeling. And then so they're just kneeling and kneeling and kneeling. And then it ends up with the same. I mean, yes, you have to have, you have to hope that one of the players gets the ball and doesn't know any better. And is like, Hey, I just scored a touchdown. This is so cool. I'm going to keep this. Oh, now we got to give them the ball back. Yeah, maybe this wasn't the best idea, you know? So you're putting a little bit into their hands, too, that they're going to mess it up and, and score, you know? Completely agree. The only thing I would say on that is that the way Jeff Wilson had hit the corner on that stretch run, it definitely seemed like he was a guy dead-eyed for the end zone. But, look, he's yeah. at the 17-yard line, and who knows? It takes a second. That So there's nothing you can do. But if you were in bad shape. You were going to give up points, and you kind of knew it. After yeah. the third and three. Just- I thought what you were going to say is about how the Cowboys handled their go-ahead touchdown drive. Like, they should have used more clock. I thought that's what you were going to say. And I, I had a lot of – and the only thing I was going to say about that is that watching that game, I felt like with the issues up front, uh, particularly on that left edge of the offensive line, that out of every four plays you ran, you had to almost go in going, two of these are going to be totally effed. Just get ready. Yes survive in advance okay just right off it doesn't matter how perfect we draw it up two of these are gonna be completely effed throw those away on the two that we're gonna get a chance you gotta hit you absolutely have to hit you know and they did on those i thought i mean i just when they when Dak got sacked on that first and goal from the half yard line that had all the makings of they're not even gonna score here like this that just totally ruined this entire possession and so for him to be able to fight through that, throw a good ball with pressure in his face, two cooks over the top of Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's uh, that's not a lot of quarterbacks making that play in this league. Not a lot. 
No, and for me, it's it's not so much the end or anything about the Cowboys offense. I thought that drive we were talking about, I, honestly, I think that, that had the potential to be a top five drive in Dak's career. Top three, maybe. I mean, that was an incredible 17-play drive, I want to say. I mean, that was that was ridiculous. For me, it's more about the middle two quarters. C.D. Lamb had all the touches on the first two drives. He had touches on the last two drives. Cowboys scored on every single drive. In in the middle, he just was not he he was not looked at. They didn't try to get him the ball. Whatever you have to manufacture, and and you have and I understand. You know, Dak's answer after the game was, "Well, they're not going to let him have a career day." Never stops Kyle Shanahan from getting Debo Samuel involved. I mean, y- you have to find a way to get your best playmaker. He's the guy that your entire offense has to run through. If he fades away for a, a drive or two while you're figuring things out on the sideline, I get it. He cannot fade out of the offense for two quarters. It just can't happen. Yeah, you know what? That game, to me, is probably going to be the Cowboys. I mean, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback for an entire – he's really all game long, but the entire second half just playing with his Cowboys pants on fire. I mean, he was just – and just, okay, we'll get through it here and we'll avoid a sack here and we'll get rid of the ball and I will somehow continue to avoid sack after sack after sack. And it's not even like I, – I don't know that I think Edoga sucked. I, I just think when it did happen – It was real bad. It was very clear when it happened. But it wasn't always him either. I mean, there's a couple – there's one – boy, Hunter Lipke had a – Whiff of the year, um, back at the end, and that fumble may have that maybe talk about difference in the game. How about that one yard line, you know, and a yeah. fumble right there? I mean, that those are the things I think they're bigger. The block whiff was really bad, the block whiff was so bad, and yeah. it was just kind of non stop. And somehow, that could get outside of the tackle box here and there and get the ball back to the line of scrimmage. and in the area of a target here and there, and somehow he didn't have 10 sacks. It was really the, remarkable. The wild part to me was kind of like the, uh, what was that game? I think it was Seattle, where it's like, we're going to we're gonna do a good job shutting down Mike all game. Except for on the last play, the one that matters the most, we're not going to block him at all. And I just felt like, you know, that was such a laughable thing from a Cowboys perspective. Yeah. And then you go into this game and just like, so if you want to accidentally double somebody, accidentally double Bradley Chubb. Don't leave him. Don't let him be the guy. You know, that's the one where you're just like, do we not go over who are like, yeah. can we give a ranking system of like, let's ultimately not let these three guys be the ones that decide this thing. Let's at least, if we're going to mess up, let's mess up by over pursuing to that player, not over pursuing to a linebacker that you're not that worried about on a blitz that those are the, those are, those are tough ones to get past. Where would David Long Jr. Fall on that list for you? Man. So it would fall on the level of a team doubling and maybe even throwing a third guy at Damone Clark and allowing Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons both to run free towards the quarterback. I mean, no, we stopped Damone. I mean, okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Guys, we can't let this guy over here. This 11, this can never happen. If you are guessing on anything, guess towards him. You know, that, that just, to me, like, it just seems real basic. We're very lucky they didn't have Jalen Phillips, too. Yeah. Because um, it could have gotten ugly. Okay, so here we are. 
Buffalo, terrible loss. Miami, a loss. I, I don't feel terrible about that loss. Very, very much like the Philadelphia loss. I agree. Right. Yep. To the point where, like, Schoonmaker at the one-yard line, you're like, oh, you're that close. And then Tony Pollard at the one-yard line, you're like, oh, you were that close. I mean, there's a yep. lot of parallels with that Philadelphia game. And look Boy, at what they did a... after that. Went on a, <laughs> went on a winning streak. <laughs> hey, if you're going to get hot. That's, that's uh, the time. So what do we say? We still top three team in the NFC? Is everyone on board with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, actually, okay, so here's here's my thing. We'll get into this later, but... So right now, I think you could you can make an argument for Philadelphia and Detroit both being in front of Dallas. Um, but I think after you see the way Dallas plays against Detroit on Saturday, you'll you'll have Dallas in the top three for sure. And I already have Dallas in front of Philadelphia. So, I mean, to me, it's it's San Francisco, Detroit, and Dallas. But How do, you, do you guys have Philadelphia on a level where? you wouldn't be surprised if they lost one of these final two games. Cause I'm starting to get in that territory. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. I mean, I that, that. that game, that game yesterday was in Philadelphia and it was a two point game in like the third or fourth quarter. I mean, that's yeah. It, it would not surprise me if they dropped one of these last two. I, I don't, I'm not a believer in Philadelphia. I, like I said, I, I think they're the fourth best team in the NFC right now after San Francisco to me, Detroit and Dallas is a coin toss right now. And then, and then Philadelphia. There's just such a wide gap between these teams we're talking about and then these other teams who are going to make the playoffs. Uh, yep. Seattle, a team who we mentioned a bunch in this podcast already, the NFC South winner, no matter who that is. And then to your weird boat of Minnesota's or Green I would put the, I, I would put I mean, the Rams, Rams ahead. I mean, I would put the Rams. I would put Sod's <laughs> NFC West pick ahead yeah. of both of those, to be honest with you. I And that's just because of the Stafford factor where – you know, Minnesota's without their quarterback. And uh, I would be scaring anybody. (laughs) He's not scaring anybody. Um, And then who was the other team you said? Well, I threw Green Bay in there. Yeah, Green Bay. Yeah, way, way, way more worried about Matthew Stafford having a big game than I would be on on Jordan Love and the Packers. The uh, Rams, I think, have the Giants this week on the road. Cowboys are going to play this one on Saturday night like like they need it. They're going to go play to win. Uh, there's no, no resting. That conversation maybe will come up next week. Um, but until, you know, we get mathematically set, we kind of know how Mark McCarthy, uh, Mike McCarthy rolls with this too. Um, but, you know, we're going to be the five seed. We're going to be on the road. We've been saying this for months. We all know this here. But they're going to go play this thing on Saturday night, and I do think it would be good for the Cowboys to get a win. I think uh, to start a little something here. Um, and Detroit – as you know, quits their spot, but you know, you, you could be kind of uh lobbying for uh for seating and things like that. Uh, hypothetically, not really, but Detroit's going to be trying to play in this game to win as well. So, I'm glad we still have a fun one on Saturday night with two teams, even though they don't have a ton to play for from a gaining in the playoff standpoint. But like, we're not mailing it in just yet. It does feel like week 18 is going to be. For a lot of the well, for some of the league is going to be that way. I mean, I, I don't know how the Cowboys will play it. Um, but I mean, we know. I mean, I have, I, it's, it's weird. You look at all these games, and I'm like, I kind of gonna have my eyes on the Buccaneers and Saints this week because that's gonna be your, you know, <laughs> your, yeah. your two teams are like kind of might might kind of tell you where you're playing in the playoffs. So it's an odd feeling. To, to have, but that's that's where we're at. I mean, it, it, that's that's how they're gonna approach this, right? 
I think so. But also like, I don't, you know, I, 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 like, like John mentioned, like I'm really not ruling out the Cowboys getting the two seed. Um, what I saw from Philadelphia yesterday just does not give me a whole lot of confidence that they don't lay an egg against Arizona out of nowhere or definitely against New York in New York. And so for me, I think you really have to play this, not with like the, the fact that you don't have a ton to play for, because if you get the two seed, I mean, San Francisco, I'm, they're the class of the NFC. There is no denying that. But this Trent Williams situation can get really interesting because without Trent Williams, I mean, that's a different team. And we saw that yesterday, but we also saw that in the middle of the season when Trent Williams missed a couple of games and they lost both. So, uh, you know, the same way that we're talking about Tyron Smith and the effect that that had on the Cowboys, Trent Williams is even more important to the 49ers than Tyron Smith is to the Cowboys. I, I believe that. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to completely just, you know, rule anything out. you got to play like you're going to get the two seed. What happens in the playoffs after that? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Getting tired and right is going to be interesting. Mean, he's we're not expecting him to play Saturday night, are we? I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so if he plays Saturday night, I don't know how I would approach it. I would be honest. Like I would probably lean towards playing it safe, but they need to get the win. I, I felt guess. like I mean he was only walking around in the locker room today, but I felt like the way I saw him walking around in the locker room today was looked much improved than the way he was walking around last week. So okay. Yeah. Jerry said on the radio this morning they gave him a shot or an injection. I'm pretty sure that's probably like a cortisone shot type thing to kind of loosen up. This was last week. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to play. He didn't practice today. But today was like a walkthrough type thing. Um, so the two big question marks would be uh, Tyron and Jonathan Hankins as we sit here as we record the podcast. Um, and I think that Tyron's more likely to play than Hankins, but there's a chance that both of them could play. You know, we know uh, Gilmore came back in the game. Yeah, he's good to go. He, he good. No yeah. worries. All right. Mm, no. But the fact that we're still doing the relying on Tyron thing, which look, it's, it's a testament to him, honestly, more than it is a, a critique. Well, they knew where they were at. I mean, to yeah, they knew, you, but that, that's part of this is why I like covering the Cowboys is that they put so much information out there that you can fill in a lot of gaps more so with them than you can with a lot of other teams. And, you know, uh, if we didn't know, if we didn't know what I'm about to say, we could think differently about the topic I'm about to get into. But we know that Will McClay sat there and Jerry turned to him and asked him, we go on Mozzie or Matthew Bergeron. If we don't know that, if we don't see that video of how it, it was seriously being talked about, heck, for most teams, you, Bergeron's name never even comes out. You never even hear about it. But because, And then they go on and they take Mozzie and they take Schoonmaker and you wouldn't sit there and necessarily think that they thought offensive. They obviously did think offensive line was that much of a need. They seriously yeah. talked about it in round one. So actions speak louder than words. Their actions said that they knew that this was a situation. It wasn't just us talking heads out here saying, man, I don't know about that offensive line depth. They clearly knew it too. And I think if you, let's say they went in the Bergeron direction, you know, I think that you would have seen, let's say like this past week, maybe Bergeron's the guy that he plays left guard. Tyler Smith goes up to left tackle for the game, you know, and maybe that looks good, you know, um, but that's why I also think I bring this up because I think that same conversation will be had in April when they're on the clock in the first round as well. They have to consider yeah. offensive linemen. To me, oh, absolutely. and I, I don't want to, I don't want to completely get off on this tangent, but to me, like this was something that, you know, going into this game too, I, I didn't really understand. Like if you're going to play Chuma, I mean, you did the first two games without Tyler Smith with Tyron playing left tackle and Chuma playing at guard. And he'd look that he looked decent at guard. Like I would have just, I would have still left tackle was just too premium of a position, in my opinion, to where I still would have tried Tyler Smith at left tackle and Chuma at guard. Um, I, I like, I understand that's not a slam dunk decision or anything. I, I don't think McCarthy's an idiot for not doing that. But I think I would have given that a lot more consideration given that Chuma did do that in the first two games when Tyler Smith wasn't playing. 
I'm glad you brought that up because that's a, that's a really good point. And my thoughts on all of that is that how many times has Mike McCarthy in the last week or two talked about these games being like playoff games without the playoff consequences? And I'll say this. I know these games are really important. You're not just going to throw something out there or whatever. But I bet you if this is a playoff game, I bet you that's what would have happened. I bet you Tyler yeah. Smith would have went out to left tackle. and chew, But then it's like they probably look at, at Tyron's yeah. back and they're like, this isn't something that's going to keep him out for multiple weeks. Let's not go ahead and just start moving pieces around. But like I'm even someone that's like, man, you talk it's playoffs, first round, whatever, second round. And Terrence Steele goes down. I look across the board and I'm like, uh, the best offensive lineman or the one that you feel the most confident with that's not starting is probably Bass. I'm putting Bass in at right guard. And I'm moving Zach Martin out to right tackle. Of course, that like Zach doesn't really want to do that. You, it's not happening in season. But I'm saying if this is a playoff game, like win or go home, those are the type of things that you got to do because that is your best offensive line. Yeah. Well, I think that's where you like you clearly go back to. That's your probably your first draft need. Uh, yeah. Once again. Um, no, no question. By far, which, it is for me. Which is fine. I think we all. I mean, a big portion of the fan base wanted them to go there. You know, if not round one, round two. And they draft offensive linemen well in the first round. So it's they, not the, it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Uh, but we all do know that they're in good hands with, I mean, Will McClay. I mean, dude, this is the, we're looking at uh, three years in a row of making the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys. John, since you've been covering the team, have they ever done that? Three years <laughs> in a row of making the playoffs. Oh, no. I, I mean, this is. They have. No, they haven't. This goes back to the 90s Cowboys. Yeah. They haven't done it since. Uh, they had that run, you know, with with uh, Jimmy and Barry back yeah. in the early to mid nineties. They, they've barely done it since I was born, so yeah. I don't think it. I don't think John Carter's <laughs> Cowboys is uh, is quite. Yeah. yeah, they haven't. Yeah, I was two it's, years old the last time they did that. Yeah, well, and they and that's what, like well, let's just keep building on what we're doing here. But I just it's what's what's very frustrating that here we are with kind of the same things that kind of irritate us whether it is griping about penalties whether it's just like just like a weird cowboy feeling of i just can't get over the hump here with that game even the buffalo game like the buffalo game got out of hand quick and you can just wipe that off the slate as hey man they were way desperate we suck that game you just combine combine it all together but you could take one theme out of that game that has hurt you before in the past in the playoffs getting ran all over like you just have all these themes of really let's let's make it the Dak era just to keep it simple you know you just jumble them all into one pot and you're like why is that still here why has this always happened to us and uh, it feels like we're crash course into this again hey right, Francisco looked weird against Baltimore but you know, Baltimore's a fascinating and very good team San Francisco looked real weird last night um but Dude, this Cowboy team going into San Francisco, there's not a single one of us who are going to pick the Cowboys to win that game. The 49ers would be seven-point favorites in that game, maybe, six-and-a-half, whatever it is. It's just a, I don't know how you get to the point of this is enough. I don't know what you'd have to do. I tell you, it's not the quarterback. At least I think no. it's not the quarterback. I, I Well, I guess I would leave a little bit of room for interpretation, although I get really it's a mind-numbing – the just this quarterback is the guy or this quarterback's not the guy. I just turns into blah to me. <laughs> like those are white noise arguments, but man, I, I don't know what it is to get over that hump. San Francisco doesn't always have a ton of draft picks. 
they don't have a lot of premier draft position. Like they build I think a good something team. I I really do think something's gonna happen. Something will happen in a playoff game that there will be a moment that whenever it is, if they do get over the hump, that you'll look back and you'll be man, do you remember when, let's say, Deron Bland gets a pick six in like a huge moment? You know what I'm saying? Like he's had him in some of these blowouts, and but I'm talking in a playoff game or whatever, like a big pick six when things are just not going their way. I'll tell you the one that I keep thinking about, I mean, it almost happened in the Niners game, it's that you finally get that huge return from Kevante Turpin. Like it just completely flips a game. Or, yeah. uh, you know, Micah gets a, like a, a a sack fumble or something like that. When It's going to have to happen when like things just aren't going their way and all of a sudden it clicks and then it's just like, it just ignites everything. I'll be honest with you, a, a play where I thought it might happen this year against San Francisco is when Christian McCaffrey kind of trucked Jordan Lewis and Jordan Lewis ripped the ball out of his hands. And the reason why I thought that at the moment is because McCaffrey just does not turn the ball over and everything yeah. was in the Niners' favor at that point. And you just were like, oh, this is steamrolling towards the blowout. And they didn't respond after that like I thought they would. And so that was one time. But I just I, I just have this feeling that there will be a moment, something's going to happen in a game where you just feel like same old Cowboys are just going to lose this one. I just feel like there's going to be a play from somebody that you're just like, whoa, I didn't see that, that you know, about to happen. Um, and I think that that will be a moment when you look at it and you're like, man, that could be the thing that swings all of this whole thing, you know. And maybe it's a yeah. huge play from back. I don't know. But I, I do feel like when it happens – It'll be it'll be one of those plays that people talk about for a long, long time. I also think that the NFL, the beauty of the NFL is that the any any given Sunday moniker is very true. I mean, this is not this is not the NHL or the NBA or MLB where you need to be the best four out of seven or something like that. It's just you just got to be good that day. Like, you, you know, you're the 49ers. I've said this before on this podcast and I always say it like. The 49ers are a really well-constructed team, but they ne never get to the NFC title game with a fully healthy roster. They, and, and you just have to be better than them on that day. You don't have to be a better constructed team than what they were in October or November. Just got to be better that day. Um, so I think that, that goes a long way. The kind of unfortunate reality also, KT, to your point earlier about just the running game, we keep hearing, we always hear about the NFL is a passing league. And, and it is. It's a passing league and all that stuff, right? And if you look at the Cowboys' defense, it is constructed to stop the pass, pass rushers. You have a secondary. You have all of that. And then here you have in the NFC, the number three rushing team in the entire league are the Detroit Lions. The number four team are the 49ers. The number six team are the Philadelphia Eagles. And the number 10 team are the Rams. So four out of the top 10 teams our NFC playoff opponents, potential opponents this year, right? So four, like four, that's half of the top 10 are going to be in the NFC playoffs. And so they're built to stop the pass. And then all of a sudden, all these teams are really good running the ball and the Cowboys aren't very good at run defense. So watching the league has been kind of wild this year um, because you see a lot of scenarios and I'm, you know, I'm a big believer, like a lot of people are. Hey, the most efficient way to you know move the ball around is is you know, see, throw it, never see third down. You know, <laughs> that's great. There's so many opportunities I see plays, even like on second and longs, where defenses are just like we've moved, so we're gonna have both of our safeties back, and we're gonna have a weak front, and we're gonna give you five yards if you want to run it. You know, and then you can get more than that if you block it up really well. And teams yeah. are just kind of passing on that, you know, and just kind of. You know, fighting it second and eight. It's like, man, they're giving you that right now if you'll just take it. They're giving you the five. And I, I know we want to avoid the third shorts if you can, but man, it's 
it's been that's kind of been a fascinating change over the last couple of years. You know, the NFL just seeing everyone play their safeties back. Yeah, and by the way, that's four out of ten teams, four out of the top ten in the NFC. If you want to extend that further and you get to the Super Bowl, the number one rushing team in the league this year are the Baltimore Ravens. The number five team are the Miami Dolphins. And the number seven team are the Buffalo Bills, who just ran over all over you anyways. So that's seven out of ten teams, seven out of the top ten teams that you could have to face if you want to win the Super Bowl. I I will say this, though, about the AFC, though. I I just I honestly don't care. I don't care who's there. You tell me this Dallas Cowboys team finally gets Super Bowl for the first time since 1995. I don't know how the path is, but man, they must be playing some really good ball to get there. So it's like I have not yeah. once this entire season looked at the AFC. And I'm talking with Mahomes healthy, any of that. I'm just like, so what you said earlier, Sad, about the parody, all that. I'm just like, I eh, just get to the Super Bowl. If you if this Cowboys team gets over the humps that it would have to to get to the Super Bowl, they're probably playing pretty badass for it wouldn't really matter who's out there. They're gonna have a they're gonna have a really good chance. I don't care how well that team runs how much Lamar Jackson's doing, whatever. For this Cowboys team to finally get past San Francisco, they'd have to probably win some road games and stuff like that. I think that they would be they would be playing at a level that all that other stuff would just figure itself out. I, there's, yeah. There is no scenario that you can give me that the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl that I would be like, yeah, they got no chance in this game. Aside from like some major injuries happening in like the NFC Championship game in like the final minutes or something like that. Uh, but if it's that team that wins the NFC Championship game, I would I would like their chances against anybody. This is this is I mean we've spent five minutes talking about the correlations to the past couple of seasons and how it's ended for the Cowboys. When I think maybe the other angle that we probably should you know examine is this is their best chance since probably fourteen and sixteen. I mean the the team that we have mentioned since day one that we've just been like man I wouldn't love running into them if they're healthy. Their quarterback threw four interceptions last night, got hurt, didn't want to come back in the game because they were down by 21. Their backup did play pretty good, Sam Darnold. <laughs> but, uh, and they're Sam starting Darnold's left tackle. Well the Cowboys right. in the past, I guess. <laughs> but um, you uh, you look at it and go, well, they're a little vulnerable right now. The other thing, just because it's this time of year, and I think this is a fun thing to do, look, you want to go beat the Lions. Of course you want to go beat the Lions. But – Let's say the 49ers stumbled to a feisty commander's team or the Red Hot Rams, and the Lions went out. They get the dub against the Cowboys. They get the dub against the Vikings in Week 18. The Detroit Lions are your one seed in the NFC, ladies and gentlemen. And I tell you what, if you're the five and things play out the way they they play out, you can't count on that to happen, but if things play out that way and you're going to Detroit – in the divisional game, you feel way better about that game than going into San Francisco. I think. San Francisco, I yes. I, that's, I, that would be the only one I would feel better than. Not Philadelphia? If oh, no. They, not if no, you just, they, not in the scenario you just said where the Lions are the, well, in your scenario, then the Lions are the only team to hand the Cowboys a, a loss at AT&T Stadium this year. I would be thinking a lot differently than the Lions. I don't think that the, I really this is an easy game for me to pick. Like, I just don't think the Lions are winning this game. And so because of that, I'm just like, in the scenario you just laid out, though, I would be like, yeah, no, I would be, if the Lions come into AT&T Stadium and beat the Cowboys, I would be way more concerned about them at Ford Field than I would be the Eagles, the way that they're playing and Patricia's calling the defense than than playing them in Philly. Also, you were already three inches away from beating them in Philly this year. So I I think you have that confidence, too. And let me also tie this all in together with you saying 14 and 16, because 
The 14 and 16 Cowboys, yeah, those are great. But those are more like this year's Lions team. This year's Cowboys team is on a different level because it's had consistency the last two years of getting to the playoffs. They're, they've had some battle tested. We're like, this Lions team is on the come up. And so it's a great story and everybody loves it. And that was 14 and 16. And if you disagree with me, I'll, let, I'll just lay this out for you right now. You look at that Lions schedule and you just take the Lions away and say that's the Dallas Cowboys. You're not sitting there talking about, oh, look at these road wins. Their road wins are at Kansas City at the beginning of the year. Kansas City is clearly not the team that they are now. And even that Kansas City team that they beat didn't have Travis Kelsey, didn't have Chris Jones. So if you know what you know now, that nobody, nobody, if that was the Cowboys that beat that Chiefs team, would be like, yeah, but we had that Chiefs win week one. Nobody would be saying that. You know what's the second biggest one? Is them beating Tampa Bay because they have a winning record. Do you think if the Cowboys had beat Tampa Bay this year, the people would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No big road wins. What about when they beat the Bucks? They have a winning record right now. Nobody would be saying <laughs> that right now. But the Lions are a great story because they're on the come up and it's this, hey, this is great, man. This team hasn't won a division since 93. So everything's good like that. But if the Lions lose in the first round or second round, do that again next year and lose in the first or second round. By year three of this, Dan Campbell, it'll be looked at the same way as the Cowboys are finally right now, where it's like, okay, they finally have gotten into playoffs, blah, blah, blah. So these two teams are on a different level. And that's why I personally think this team, this Cowboys team, to me, is got a better chance of making a deep run than 14 or 16, just because those teams, yeah, everything was running great and it was all whatever. But like these teams have been battle tested. They've been in the playoff games. They've had to play on the road and things like that. Not to mention a lot of those players from 16, like Dak and Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, like you're finally, I mean, you're, that should help you that they've been in these situations as much as they have. Also, CD Lamb's playing on a level that is just like, I mean, I mean, who yeah. who would you even put above him? I mean, Justin Jefferson, maybe Tyreek Hill. I mean, there's not Tyreek many wide Hill. receivers that you would say are better than CD Lamb right now. And then, of course, 14 and 16 didn't have anything that we would even say is close to all Michael Parsons. Not even close. Not for sure. I mean, that was Jeremy Mincing, your sack clear in uh, 14, <laughs> I think. Um but no, no, I think I think all that stuff is right. I mean, uh, Mike McCarthy's not, you know, at the end. Of, well, we haven't won in a couple of weeks, but he's not calling up the old guard and handing out game balls. You know, that's a whole different vibe of what's happening in Detroit. They finally sure. get, get there and let's get Frank Ragnow a ball. You know, let's get him. A, let's get Taylor Decker up here and give him a ball. He's been here for the rebuild. You know, this is this is you know a system, and this is part of what McCarthy was. I, I think at least something I think Jerry wanted. Um. I could be wrong uh, on what Jerry wants uh, because that could change with the wind. But I think he did want something uh, more seasoned, playoff experience, has the ring, you know, for, for however you want to say he got the ring, he got the ring, a system, build, 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 in it every year. I think it's what he wanted all along, you know, to get that chance. I mean, Jerry said in his radio interview today um, on KRLDFM. Uh, he's, you know, if you're ever in the playoffs and your quarterback's playing good, you've got a pretty good shot. He's right. I don't know how it's going to go for San Francisco and week 17 and 18. Their quarterback was garbage trash and lost the MVP. Um, so like, and I don't yeah. know if their quarterback's playing well. It has not looked easy for Jalen Hurts in a month, you know? So yeah, that might be playing better than any quarterback in the NFC right now. And to your point on that, the last team to to lose consecutive games in December where one of the games that they lost was by more than one possession 
was the and then and then went on to win the Super Bowl were the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. And how did Joe Flacco play during that during that playoff run? So, yeah, it, you know, if you get hot at the right time, um, you know, like you said, if the quarterback is playing well, I think I, I think that 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 helps with a lot of things. I'm also right. trying to take the ball first, by the way. I wanted to throw that in there, guys. Do you want to move? I like yeah. I like that they took the ball first. I think that against better teams like that, I think they should do that. If they win the toss, 100%. I think they should take it. With the way this team plays, I know that that's not a McCarthy thing. He 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 loves the chance for the double double of scoring going in the half and coming out. And I get it. The percentages are hugely in your favor to win the game if you're able to do that. But against a lot of these good teams, how often are you really going to score going in and coming out? I'm trying to get out on the. I mean, you look at okay. Season or the the biggest loss they had on the road, obviously San Francisco. San Francisco came out right away, punched them in the mouth, seven nothing, and all of a sudden now you're playing from behind. If you're the Cowboys, you want to not to say that they would go down the, the field on the opening drive against the 49ers, but if you did, then all of a sudden you put Brock Purdy in a position where he's a little uncomfortable, and there haven't been a lot of situations where he's been uncomfortable since he's been their starting quarterback. And so you want whatever chance you can to put him in that. And honestly, the Cowboys, I know they didn't score on that opening possession. But I just thought it, it. They just had like it built confidence within the team. Like, hey, look, we went went down there. We we're about to score. We should have. And and I I just think that for this particular team, I'm not saying every team should do this. I think this particular team should take the ball when they get a chance to start the game. And especially because it also plays into the defense strengths. Like the defense, like I said, they're better suited to play against the pass. And if you can, the quicker you can get the other team down to possessions, um, the faster the faster you force them to throw the ball. And, and it wasn't. John, to your point, not just San Francisco, Buffalo did the same thing as well. So, um, and that's their two worst road losses. I, I agree uh, a lot. It took me till the Buffalo game to change to that. Um, but I agree with that. And, and I just think there's ways you can control it and eliminate the other team getting a double double. You just have to, you know, and the game flow and all that stuff is all going to dictate a lot of this stuff. But you can change the way you operate if you have one more possession than they do in the first half. You can kind of change the way you operate there if you want to stop them from getting time and getting a chance at the double-double. So on their last three play, or last three times against San Francisco, San Francisco's had the ball every one of those games to start the game. The 2021 playoff game, last year's playoff game, and this year at San Francisco. Let's flip the switch. When you guys go through a drive-thru, do you get a single or do you get a double-double? I'm a single. I don't like that much meat. Well, single. that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go single. Yeah, I don't, I don't I'm not trying to like overeat here. I just, yeah, it depends on have you ate that day? What time of day is it? Let's say it's a, a, a subtle 7 p.m., 6 30 p.m. When did you eat lunch? Or when did I, I eat lunch? lunch? At noon, like what did you have? <laughs> I, I, I was just going to give you a classic Michael Scott. That's what I she could give said, a double but... on that. I could, give, I could go double on that. If it's if it <laughs> if I didn't eat since noon, and it's seven thirty. Yeah. Are you one of those guys that can't put on weight? Because man, those people yes. annoy the crap out it's, of me. Oh yeah, he's definitely that guy. No, but also I mean, he's I a very can. picky eater. He's yeah, also a very picky helps. eater. So that helps. I'm sitting but... here going, man, I had like one cookie and I'm feeling it two days later. I'm showing it. Same. <laughs> I'm, sh- yeah, I'm showing careful it. over here. <laughs> like I'm showing it like you're pregnant. The holidays oh. are hell. Oh, KT, like you're the... showing. Do you yeah, have a chocolate chip cookie? Dude, the holidays are my face turned into the Ryan Reynolds fat suit in the movie Just Friends. Uh, like, what happened to me? Oh, everyone <laughs> gave up on the year. They just quit. Eat I just gave up. 
Oh, you I'll worked hard this year, man. You deserve it, man. Yeah, exactly. You deserve it. You worked hard. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, okay. It's getting cold out, you know. Like you're not gonna have to, you know. You you, you can you got you got a months to work up back into that beach bod. That's right. Yeah, the beach bod that I've always had. <laughs> the thing about beach bod's tough is you got to start working on that in February and March. Otherwise, okay. you, you'll be ready by the time. Okay. And as my good friend Jeff Cavanaugh likes to say, abs are made in the kitchen. So. To 2024, okay. we, <laughs> we look because the next time we talk, it will be 2024. I have uh, right. some New Year's resolutions next week as we break down Cowboys and Lions. Saturday night, the rare NFL balking to college football. Interesting. Yeah. Good. I say the NBA has got to be furious going, damn it. It's our day. And the NFL's like, no, no it's our Mar- day. March. March marks the 10 year anniversary of Mark Cuban saying that pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. So we'll, I don't know. I'm waiting, wondering when it's going to really cause a problem for the NFL. I believe I was on the show that that happened. You might have been. You might have been. Old Ben and Skin Show. Yeah. Yeah. 2013. Wow. People don't forget, KT. People don't forget. People don't forget. (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's do picks for um, the Cowboys. Just kidding. Let's do picks for Georgia, Florida State. The big that's not. No, we're not okay. even. No, let's not even right. talk about that. There's like we'll get to their top twenty players are all not playing. It's going to be such a bloodbath. I don't even want to watch. You have Texas, Alabama in the finals. Uh, I'm going to Washington. That's a good one. Uh, I think I'm going to Washington, Texas. Alabama. Ah, uh, wow. I think Texas beats Washington. That Alabama, Michigan game is going to be. I think whoever wins Michigan, Alabama wins it all. I'll, I'll, t- I'll say that. Okay. All right. I'm going to go Cowboys 30, Lions 20. Okay. Do we don't lose at home? Yeah. I don't see them losing at home. Yeah. I don't see them losing. I'll go next. Uh, I would say I'll go 31, 24, Cowboys. Um, coming off of those back to back losses. Uh, I think you'll see a very, very motivated Cowboys team and one that just plays on a different level at home. Uh, they're certainly not going to be sleeping on this Lions team with what they've accomplished this year. And uh, outside of the NFC East teams, this is the team that Dak Prescott plays the best at um, against these. He hasn't lost 4-0 against the Lions. Uh, nine touchdown passes, no interceptions, thrown for almost 300 yards per game, uh, like a 125 passer rating. Uh, I don't see that changing in this game. So I, I- think... For me, it's like it's one. The one thing is that the Cowboys don't always play well in these in these marquee games. I'm talking Emmett Smith breaking the rushing record. I'm talking last game at Texas Stadium, first game at AT and T Stadium. Um, all these games, they and then and we all know Jimmy's going in on Saturday, so that that does give me a little bit cause for pause. But then on the flip side, I also believe that the Jimmy Johnson curse is about to be lifted. So, and because of that, I think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East because also no team has um, won the division back-to-back in like 18 years or whatever it is. So just going based on all of that, I think the Cowboys have to win. I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win 28-10. to So I I do think the defense has a big bounce-back game and the offense is going to keep rolling. And and uh, I, I really do think the Eagles are going to slip up once in the last two games, and, and I think the Cowboys will win the division. Kent, before you pick, if the Cowboys lose in just a horrible fashion, is that Jerry Jones's worst night on the of his eighty years of living? Is that his worst night? 
The Cowboys just get smoked, look like ass. I would never want it or predict it, but like some type of injury that makes you go, eh. And Jimmy gets in the ring of honor. To him, John, after the game, if they lose, is this your yeah. worst night you can remember? Yeah, John, this is why you make the big bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of one that I would think that he would feel is worse. Um, I think there's some nights, I'll put, I'll put you this way, I think there's some nights that are Jerry Jones worse? That were, he would say now, but in the moment he might not have thought it. But I think like you look back to, like you said, 14, 16, maybe, you know, last year's playoff loss to the Niners, like just having some good teams uh, come up short in the playoffs when, you know, I, I, he had some Romo teams, obviously, yeah. the best record in the league and lose to the Giants. 44-3. Yeah. Uh, I think those like maybe in the moment he didn't feel that way, but it's also just like him saying in the moment that that was one of his. I think he said was his one of his best, if it's not his best moments. So Thanksgiving, yeah, beating a not good Washington team, Dolly Parton doing halftime show, and he's all pumped and and, and talking about it. So this is up there with the Super Bowls. I don't think he really meant that. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it would be in the moment, but it it has the potential like for him looking best. Yeah. Okay, that's all. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to to put anyone on the spot there or anything. Just, you know, it's a, okay, Kent, go ahead. By the way, way, real quick, the the last, this last like trio brunch or that the bunch that the Cowboys have, the Cowboys, Lions, and then they play the Commanders, the three teams that have not reached an NFC title game since the whatever 90 90 91 90 well washington well washington and detroit haven't since 91 that's when they played each other that's the last time they've gone and then the cowboys are next and then theirs would have been i mean it's the 95 season but yeah yeah so like so but like this century these three teams are the last three to not reach an nfc title game two things one it would be really funny if you put him in the ring of honor but it was just like two point font you could just barely see it (laughs) He's like, oh, he's up there. Or you like that more than put him up there. You know, the lights flicker at AT&T Stadium. They have like a little holographic ghost just fly out of the stadium as if the curse was really lifted from the. So wait, so wait, if I gave you the banners out of the stadium, you know, if I gave you the option, which is worse for for Jimmy for it to be in two point font or right after they dropped the banner to put him in, Jerry puts himself in. <laughs> it can't happen. <laughs> well, has you it, can't has say that ever can. happened? Has an owner ever put himself in? Of every owner, owner that you could possibly think of, which one would you even compare to him? Al Davis? Jerry Richardson. I wouldn't even think Jerry Richardson is on his level. He had that statue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Al Davis is the one that gets the comparisons up. Yeah. Sure. No, I don't think so. I, I I don't think so. I think I think the next one. Well, you obviously don't think it's going to be in two point font either. But <laughs> said it would be a great bit. Funny to talk if about. they pull down the curtain and it was up there, but it was just real tiny. I also think it would be funny. I also think it would be funny if, like, you know how, like, there's a Tom Landry hat. Like, it's like a little piece of like it looks like Jerry, like Jimmy's hair, like the Lego hair, but it just like his oh, hair nice. next next yeah. to it. Yeah. That would be. I think that would be a nice touch. 
he Jimmy should just eat this up though. He should come out entrance, like get the rock to like come out with you or something. Just like make this your moment. Grab the mic yeah, and be like, oh Bob, you know, yeah. just make these fans go nuts. Oh, that's gonna be a great moment though. That that's yeah. gonna be ATT Stadium is going to be rocking when he says, How about yeah. the Cowboys at yeah. halftime? Um, that's gonna be great. And it's at halftime, it's not before the game. So we're gonna it's at halftime. Down. They're they are gonna do a pre-game press conference much more in it earlier than that. Carolina one that they did as the game was kicking off. Um, but uh, yeah, so rushed. It's a little two of nineties Cowboys stars will be showing oh, up. Oh, Troy. Yeah. You know, Can Troy, yeah. And Troy. Troy's calling it. Yeah. Troy's yeah. calling the game. Yeah. Of yeah. The world. yeah. I, uh, I am very much like as someone that was a little kid, not a, obviously not a fan of the Cowboys. I was growing up in Detroit. I'm really looking forward to just because of just like those nineties Cowboys. Like, obviously I see them around now being down here, but like, that group and all that stuff like that together, like that stuff, that's like, that's almost like nineties bowls to me. It's like larger than life, you know? Yeah, no, it really is. Um, okay. Well guys, here we go. Have a good time at the game covering that for us uh, and covering all week for us. Cowboys lions. We'll get back at you in 2024. Weird. We'll talk uh, really what we're looking See at next as we year. Get into week 18. As you look ahead at that game, that barn burner, the home game against Washington. No more road games until the playoffs, guys. That's good news. No more road games for a while. Stay off the road. They're going to Washington. Oh, they're going to Washington. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see my app there. Yes, there we go. We gotta if, get, you knew, if you knew how unfun that trip is, as, as Kent is aware of, you would never forget it. It's like it's just on that schedule that you're just like, oh, yeah. Got to go to that. The weather's going to be terrible. Oh, that's when you want to knock out early. Yeah, it's just not a great stadium experience. It's clearly the worst stadium in the league, and I don't know. I'm hoping Magic Johnson turns it all around. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he will. Magic. The stadium, Uh, I mean, not the team. The stadium, not the franchise, of course. Of course, of course. The curse of Daniel Snyder will live forever. (laughs) Um, All right, guys. uh, Happy holidays. Happy holidays to all of our listeners. Thank you all for, for... tuning in each week and uh, just kind of chatting with us. We love you. And uh, we'll be back next week. Keep this thing going. Let's go get a Lombardi trophy, guys. One step at a time. It all starts with the Lions in week 17. For Kent, for John, for Saad, I'm Kevin. We'll see you next week on the Cowboys.